Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. What the freak is up, everybody? Um, this is episode four. We're back for episode four. This is the two-week mark of the podcast, so <laughs> thanks for being here. Good to have you. Good to have, good to, good to wake up and live to see another day and record another podcast. You know what I'm talking about? It is currently Friday, Friday, November 17th. I just went to Sprouts, actually, because Shannon, my friend Shannon, invited me over for dinner tonight. And whenever she invites me over for dinner, I'm always like, what can I bring? And she always just has full out dinner plans already, like plans to cook, etc. And so I'm just kind of like, OK, so you're just going to cook this beautiful meal and I'm going to come over and eat it and not do any of the work. Uh, okay like I'm there I'm absolutely there and I love I love I love it when Shannon makes dinner but I was going to Sprouts to grab a bottle of wine and a little sweet treat and okay well first of all I was going through I always self-check at Sprouts because I prefer to self-check but because I was buying wine I couldn't do the self-checkout so for the first time in like literally forever because I never buy alcohol at Sprouts just I always just go to the liquor store that's like right across the street from my apartment so I was buying liquor because I since I was buying alcohol I had to go through through an actual cashier's line and I was checking out with three items three items were on the little belt they were a bottle of dark horse pinot grigio (laughs) the cheapest bottle of of pinot grigio that I could find at sprouts um there, I also had a 12-pack of vegan chocolate chip cookies. They looked really good. The vegan chocolate chip cookies at Sprouts are better than the regular chocolate chip cookies at Sprouts. They're moister and chewier, and I just prefer them. So that's why I was buying the vegan chocolate chip cookies. And then as I was going to check out, I was really hungry because I had a light lunch, and I'm not going to dinner for like you know, two more hours. And so I needed a snack. And the only thing that like really was calling to me was the mashed potatoes and gravy that they have in the little hot food section, like with the rotisserie chickens. I laid one single eyeball on those mashed potatoes with gravy. And I was like, that's it. That's good. That's my snack. I check out and that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing to say about the checkout process. Like that was all good to go. The girl who checked me out was, you know, absolutely competent and an efficient bagger. And I, I was living for her. When I was leaving Sprouts, there were these two guys that were trying to get people to sign some, they were there, they were there as some sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I, I know there's a word to describe these people because I was one. Because <laughs> I've been one. They're, you know, they're dudes with clipboards, you know. They were from some sort of nature conservancy or like, or something that is, I'm sure, a very awesome, valid cause. But I cannot stand when I'm going to a grocery store. This always happens at Trader Joe's and this always happens at Sprouts. And I am so sorry. Like, I 
am just not going to sign your, whatever you want me to sign as I'm coming out of a grocery store or going into a grocery store. When I'm going into a grocery store, I have a mission. The mission is to get my freaking groceries and get the hell out. When I'm leaving the grocery store, I also have a mission. My mission is to get the shit that I just bought into my car or walk at home, whatever I'm doing, whatever, whatever mode of transportation I'm taking. My goal is to use that mode of transportation and get home as soon as possible. I do not want to talk to you. I don't want to give you my email. I don't want to give you my phone number respectfully. Okay. And like, I've been the archer. I've been the prey. Like I've been the person who has been trying to get people to sign a clipboard. Okay. I've worked a nonprofit. Okay. I also hate it when like I am allergic. I'm absolutely allergic to clipboard people outside of grocery stores. Anyway, there are these two guys, clipboard guys outside of Sprouts. When I was going in, I clocked them right away and I had my hands free. So I just popped in my AirPods so I could pretend like I didn't hear them. As I was leaving, I didn't quite have that same foresight and I was kind of fumbling. I had my bag. I had my receipt. I had my keys. I had my like crossbody bag that I was trying to deal with. And so I couldn't get my headphones in in time. And so tragically, they got my attention. They, they were like, they locked, they locked eyes with me, right? And like, once you lock eyes with someone, there's no going back. Like he in that moment knew that I knew he existed. And he said, hey, we're talking to Swifties today, like as a way to try to grab my attention and I was like taken aback that they had profiled me as a Swifty. Like, yes, I am one. But why would you think that? <laughs> and so I, because as previously stated, I am allergic to the clipboard people. My first instinct is to lie. I say, oh, I'm not your girl. I'm not a Swifty. And they kind of, and I'm walking, I'm walking fast because I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to leave Sprouts with my groceries, with my wine, my mashed potatoes, and my vegan cookies, okay? And they just kind of look at me, and I kind of like give them a weird little shrug, and, and I keep moving. And then I get into my car, because I'm, bar- for my friend Kat, hi Kat, I don't know if she's listening right now, she and her husband and her her whole ass kid are out of town and I am babysitting their car and by that I mean I'm just simply using their car as if it is my own car (laughs) until they come back what the hell was I talking about I need we need to we need to get it together on this pod over here we need to get it together on this freaking podcast anyway I get into my car Kat's car I get into the car and it is then that I realize that I am wearing a Taylor Swift shirt like I'm wearing a shirt that has Taylor Swift on it that says Taylor Swift on it and so yeah if I were him I would be confused why me wearing Taylor Swift merchandise proclaimed in front of the grocery store that I was not a Swifty um either he knew either he thought I was confused maybe he thought that I just woke up from a coma or something and have amnesia and got this shirt at Goodwill or something and didn't know who Taylor Swift was and he felt bad for me or he knew I was lying um, as a way to get out of talking to him. And he respected that and just let me keep walking. Anyway, that was my story about going to Sprouts. It's not every day we have such a, an eventful an eventful trip to the grocery store, right? This week on the pod, I'm doing a potpourri episode. Montana helped me come up with that because initially I was tossing around potpourri in the title in like the name of this podcast as kind of like a nod to the fact that it's not one 
niche. It's like a, it's going to be a bunch of little things that's all brewing together and being fragrant together. <laughs> it's like cinnamon sticks and orange peels and all sorts of stuff. That's like this podcast. Like what you're listening to right now is maybe the cinnamon stick. And later on in the episode, we're going to get a little tangy and we're going to go citrus mode. Okay, that that metaphor isn't landing. But the potpourri aspect was something that I do still quite like and it does resonate with me. So we kind of came up with the idea collectively and by we, I mean me and me and Montana, friend of the pod. You guys, Montana's coming on the pod someday, okay? She's probably going to be my first guest because we have a very special episode planned. <laughs> and it will see the light of day eventually. But I'm just going to keep talking about her in the podcast until then. We thought that like a potpourri episode is a really good name for an episode where we're not covering just like one topic we're covering just kind of like a little bit of this a little bit of that like a chit chatty stream of consciousness um type of vibe you get it so today we are moving forward with the potpourri concept the potpourri concept episode and in the first episode the pilot the pilot episode this is your captain speaking if you haven't listened to that one go back and listen I mentioned that I was trying to do a weekly report at the beginning of each of my episodes. The weekly report comes from TikTok. It's when people do like a weekly roundup and report is an acronym. It stands for reading, eating, playing. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. What does it stand for? Reading, eating, playing, obsessing, recommending, and treating. So the thing about this, though, is that I mentioned that in the first episode, and then I just, until now, haven't done it since. I just said, you know what? The second and third episode don't need a weekly report, but I am instituting that this week. However, I don't, the first letter, R, stands for reading. I don't really read. <laughs> like, I know you're, I know that's, like, not good to admit, but I really, I can't be bothered. I'm so sorry. I love an audio medium. I love a video medium. There's just, I like to read in the summer. And I, and I always say this to people is like, I only read books and I only take book recommendations in the summer because when I'm at the beach or at the pool, which are two places that I love to be, I love to read a book in those two settings. Like there's something very um, synchronous about reading a book at the pool or at the beach in the sun phone off world out book open you know what I mean and sadly for me and my brain cells when I'm inside m my house or anywhere I'd simply rather be watching tv <laughs> or looking at my phone or doing something that is not reading so I am changing and I'm owning that. OK, I just want to say I'm not apologizing for not liking to read. I don't think that people who like to read are morally superior to people who don't like to read. And I'm just going to get that out there because there is just such a culture of if you don't read, you're stupid. And I am stupid, but for reasons that aren't because I don't read. OK, so I'm changing the weekly report to a weekly report, a weekly report. And so we're switching out the reading for watching. We're going to do watching, eating, playing, obsessing, recommending, and treating. 
I'm going to start with watching, okay? Because that's the order that the word goes in. It starts with W. Um, Listen, I was going to talk about some movies that I've watched. I was going to talk about some TV shows that I've watched over the past couple weeks. But no, that's not what that's not what was in the forefront of my mind. As I've been existing the past few weeks, my TikTok for you page has transitioned into a mulch maxing silt pilled sisters of the loam land (laughs) and for the uninitiated on tiktok right now there's these videos going around it's a trend of these little tiny round dogs they're just like these little fluffy dogs that people have groomed clearly to be like perfect spheres And it's this little baby voice, like baby voiceover, talking about grain and mulch and silt. It's absurd. And I I know that if you are someone who's like not on TikTok or not on this side of TikTok, you have already checked out of what I'm talking about because I know how unfunny it is for someone to try to describe a funny TikTok to you. And so for that reason, I'm not going to describe it. I'm going to play some for you. Here we go. Okay, mulch gang for life. Mulch gang for life? This is the this is the most like core core post ironic kind of meme that I can imagine. Like if you don't okay, you need a visual for this, okay? So if you are I'm gonna take one out of Brittany Broski's book here, okay? If you are driving, take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> If you are doing surgery, drop your tools, okay? Because you need to pick up your phone and go to my Instagram at ObscuraPod because I am going to post a loam mulch gang silt pilled TikTok on there for everyone to enjoy, okay? Maybe I'll post a few in the stories, but I'm definitely going to hard post one to the grid. So no matter when you're listening to this, you can go find this because you, you do for the full experience need to get a visual. Anyway, next one. Hello, sisters of the low, brothers of the green, and siblings of the soil. Remember to stock up on mulch, microplastics, and red 44. Mulch giving. Remember to stock up on mulch, red 40, and microplastics for mulch giving. Classic, classic. I have more. I've been compiling these for days and days and days. Oh, not that one. That one is funny, though. And this is the last one, I swear. Greetings to my fellow sisters of the world. I am a mulch maxing low-killed earth angel who is a lover of all things dirtful. Here I am, consuming my mulch pellets. I love mulch. So yeah, I'm loving the evolution of the mulch gang for life TikTok. 
there's lore that keeps developing. Like at first it was just mulch loam and silt and like dirt specific rhetoric <laughs> on mulch talk. But we've recently delved into Red 40, microplastics, all that kind of good stuff. So I'm really excited to see where mulch talk goes. Maybe it'll maybe it'll leave as quickly as it snuck up on me, similar to that chrome lady who sang taste the biscuits last year she just appeared one day and then the next she was gone just as quickly and so maybe mulch mulch talk the sisters of the loam will succumb to the same fate the powers that be e eating moving on i am going to introduce you to the official sandwich of the pod okay and there won't be any slander about this because I can smell it. I can smell the slander coming, but I will not accept it because I have made this sandwich two times this week and I would have really liked to make it a third time today, but I just didn't have the stuff to make it. So let me tell you about it. We're going to do a tuna melt, okay? Hang with me. We're going to do cracked wheat sourdough. I use the kind from Trader Joe's. You can use whatever you'd like, but I sourdough is crucial in this equation. You're then going to, instead of butter, put mayonnaise on the outsides of your bread. So the part that's going to be toasty is going to be mayoed. Stick with me. Stick with me. <laughs> Hang on, okay? Hang on for your dear life. The next part is a little specific. You are going to need that starkest brand of herb and garlic tuna that comes in the little pouch in like the canned tuna section of Target or Ralph's or wherever I think they're called tuna delights or tuna creations so there's like a lemon pepper one that one is pretty good on a tuna melt there's a buffalo one I don't really like that one the herb and garlic tuna creation from stark kissed or whatever it is is the best one for this sandwich and that is based on nothing but my personal opinion okay and then a cheese you're gonna need a cheese any cheese will do from my personal experience dill havarti is gonna be your best bet here oh sorry i just kind of zoned out for a second thinking about how good this specific tuna melt is mayo on your bread mayo side down tuna cheese cover it up with another slice of sourdough with the mayo on the outside of that slice as well thai has this press this it's not like a panini press it's just like this heavy like stainless steel thing that you put on top of bacon or sandwiches or whatever to kind of like hold it down that has really ever since thai got that it has really upped my toasted sandwich game because I am a toasted sandwich girl. I love a grilled cheese and a tomato soup. I love a tuna melt. I love a, oh, recently? Okay, crazy idea. I've been toying around the idea of a salmon melt because I do love, I love a tinned fish or just like a, a shelf stable fish, if you will. <laughs> I don't care if it's in a can, a tin, a pouch, whatever. If it's fish, I'm going to eat it. But I think that I could maybe do something fun with a salmon, like a tinned salmon, 
and sourdough and I don't know what kind of cheese I'd want on there but maybe maybe I'll play around with it maybe I will introduce everyone to sandwich of the pod 2.0 another time but for now I'm gonna leave you with that I'm gonna leave you with that sandwich obscure pod official sandwich the oops obscure obscure pod official sandwich the opos opos okay the p in report stands for playing I saw a lot of people on TikTok take this to mean like playing like physically like pickleball or scrabble even um because I am a free thinker not in like a libertarian way but in a I don't follow the rules kind of way I'm gonna take playing to mean like music like a song this week maybe another week I'll talk about pickleball just kidding I'll never talk about pickleball but at least this week I'm gonna tell you about a song that I love playing this week is one of your girls by Troye Sivan I don't really need to say anything else about this other than that I love this song it's perfect uh he put drugs hard serious pharmaceuticals in that song let me tell you I wish it was 10 minutes long he should do a a Troye Sivan one of your girls 10 minute version from the vault i would love that i would eat that up all right we're on to O. obsessing i am obsessing over you guys i need to talk about this chapel rowan i went to go see chapel rowan on tuesday me brooke and montana drove to la to see chapel rowan on her last show of her current leg of the tour in north america and oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god I don't think you get it. I don't think you guys get it. I don't think you guys get how big of a deal Chapel Rowan is. How big of a deal she's going to be. Yeah. This is the pop princess. And I mean that with my whole chest. Chapel Rowan is going to be selling out stadiums soon. And I'm going to say, I saw her at the Will Turn. I saw her at the Will Turn in Los Angeles in 2023 i'm gonna be that person because i can't describe to you how good of a show she puts on how good her music is first of all if you haven't listened to chapel rowan take put this down pause this podcast put it down go listen to casual red wine supernova coffee pink pony club and then come back to this podcast because you'll get it you'll i will have you drinking the kool-aid if you go listen to those songs she has this really awesome like 80s kind of vibe to her music like I get like Cindy Lauper a little bit and she's just she's just so good I I don't even have the words for it but her stage presence was amazing she is running around the stage the whole show like running like booking it from one side of the stage to the next she's like running in place jogging in place with impeccable vocals impeccable fucking vocals the whole time she has this incredible long red curly hair that is like hair choreography to the max the whole time and yeah i just can't get enough i'm addicted and i just can't get enough if you aren't into chapel rowan get into it get into it right now i'll wait Let's move on to R, recommending. And what am I recommending this week? What am I recommending? 
I guess I'm going to recommend that you should go for a walk because I kind of fell out of taking my daily walk for a few days. It was cloudy and then I was tired and then it was cloudy again and I just didn't take a walk for a few days. And then this morning, I just like really needed to start my day. I like needed to get motivated to do things because I had to clean the bathroom. I had to fold my laundry. I had to do annoying chores that I didn't want to do. And so I bribed myself to go on a walk. I said, if you walk to get your coffee, you can buy a coffee. And so I walked like the literal three blocks, not far at all, to my little neighborhood coffee shop. I got myself an iced Americano, light water, extra ice, and I walked it back to my apartment. And it literally took me like five minutes in each direction. But I do believe that it changed the trajectory of my day. I got sun on my face. I got an iced Americano, light water, extra ice. I got my legs walking first thing in the morning. And so I was feeling really good about that. And so I guess if I had to recommend something to you, it would be to go for a walk, even if you have to bribe yourself with a little drinky, okay? It it has to be done. What is life without a little treat? Literally meaningless. Oh, I guess that brings us seamlessly into tea, treating. What am I treating myself to? I treated myself to a coffee this morning. I treated myself to a coffee yesterday. And that's about it. I'm not treating myself to much else because I have credit card debt. <laughs> uh, I guess, well, I got my, I got a new jacket yesterday because I was looking for a new kind of mid-weight jacket for winter because I have two puffers that are really heavy and I have this like fur coat that I love. It's like faux fur and it's like pink and like tie-dye colors. It sounds hideous, but like it's an iconic coat and I'm obsessed with it. And I wait, I'm waiting this year with bated breath for the minute it drops below mm, 55 because I'm getting that coat out. Anyway, I have those like really heavy duty coats and then I have other coats that are like, you know, like, what am I going to call it? Like shacket vibes, like shirt jacket combos. And I needed something in between and I needed something that was black because one of the part-time jobs that I have, I have to wear black to it, like business casual vibes. And so I wanted to cut that, like I could wear for that. I'm outside at that job a lot doing like corporate events, like outside at night time um and so I needed to be warm enough for like a nighttime thing and cute enough for daily wear and so I was telling this to my mother yesterday because she called me to say hi and so obviously I answered I said hey we were talking she was asking me about my day and I said you know I'm going I need to go buy a coat and so I was telling her about this coat and then when we hung up when we got off the call she sent me the money for this coat so I guess I didn't treat myself to that coat. My mum, my mummy treated me to that coat. So thank you. Thanks, mom, for that coat. Because I did find the perfect jacket that I had actually a picture of in my Pinterest style board. I've had a picture of like just a black leather jacket you don't need to, I don't need to get into the specs of the jacket, okay? But just know that I found the perfect leather jacket that is not too light, not too heavy, the perfect San Diego winter jacket, okay? I found it. 
I saw it. I bought it. I got it. Okay, there we go. That's going to go ahead and conclude the weekly report section of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. And I actually have to, I actually have to go. I actually have to go because I was talking for too long and then I got distracted looking at my phone and I, as mentioned before, have very important plans to go hang out with my friend, okay? Hanging out with my friend is my job. My job is friends. My job is hanging out with my friends. So I am going to go hang out with my friend and I am going to dive into the next portion, the meat and potatoes part of the podcast, either later tonight or tomorrow. For you, it's going to be in like five seconds, but I guess I'll see you on the flippity flop. All right, team, I'm back. It is Saturday morning and I have had two cups of coffee. I am absolutely ready to go. We need to discuss a video that was brought to my attention last night. Um, I got this video sent from Reddit and it is from the GQ Man of the Year party, which I believe took place last Thursday. Amelia from Chicken Shop Date. What's her last name? Amelia DeMoldenberg. You've seen her. She's British. She does the Chicken Shop Date on TikTok. Um, And I saw this video of her interviewing Jack Antonoff at the Man of the Year Awards on the red carpet. And let me just play this video for you because you need to you need to get a feel for the vibes firsthand. Okay, here we go. Oh my God. Okay, so I have to go to Reddit. I hope they didn't delete it. I saved it specifically because I kind of felt like it was going to get taken down. Okay, I found the link. Here we go. Hello. Hi. We said hi at the same time. Hi. Nice to meet you. What are you looking at? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the interview. Are they they real glasses? Yeah, of course they're real. It's extremely fucking offensive. They look sorry. They don't to be offensive. They look like a real piece of shit. Are you, yeah, are you a piece of shit? Actually, yeah. Are you a piece of it's, shit? It is, yeah, sorry, it yeah. is true. People who wear fake glasses are yeah. the worst. How much money do you have? Well, right now, no, I'm me. saying oh, no right. example of questions that are... Um, oh, oh, terrible. If you had to produce for one artist, dead, dead one. Uh, who's dead? Loads um, of people are dead. Yeah. There's literally, like, more people are dead than alive. Elvis, sure. Uh, cash. Fab. Do you like him over here? I do, yeah. We do, at the Collective, the UK. Yeah. Well, that's actually all I have time for. Great. Okay, well, get out of here. You want me to be rude? I don't want to see you again. Hello. Hi. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I guess if you're not familiar with Amelia, her interviewed style is, like, very dry. Like, that is a perfect example of how she interviews. She has... That is, like, the most rancid vibes I've ever seen in an interview with her. Because she kind of just has this, like, undeniable charisma and, like chemistry with everyone she talks to um like I don't know the the one chicken shop date episode that comes to mind is the one with Maddie Healy and there's sparks flying between those two like there's just undeniable chemistry with most people that she interviews she just has that way about her holy shit that (laughs) holy shit that interview clip we just listened to the vibes, the rancid, putrid vibes are just like emanating off of Jack Antonoff. What is going on? First of all, 
he sounds absolutely sloshed. Like, I guess I'll post this on Instagram. I'll post this video on the Instagram because he looks and sounds so drunk, which I'm guessing is like, that's fine. Like you're allowed to be drunk, but I'm concerned when you're drunk and rude to a girl on the red carpet who's interviewing you. Why did he get so bent out of shape about her asking if his glasses were real? Okay, she's just she's just banter. She's just trying to do some banter, trying to do some chat, and uh, he wasn't doing a bit. Like at first, I was like, he has to be doing a bit too, and then it became very clear that he was not doing a bit, and he was like actually disgruntled <laughs> with her. Starts asking how much money she has, if she's a piece of shit, because those are also inappropriate questions on par with asking if his glasses are fake. I'm so confused. I'm so confused by that video. And it kind of cemented something. Me and Montana were talking a few days ago about how Jack Antonoff seems like he might be a piece of shit. Jack Antonoff might be a piece of shit. And that is kind of what I am hoping to explore today. Because all I really know about Jack Antonoff is that, here's what I know about Jack Antonoff. Here's what I knew before I started looking into Jack Antonoff for this. He was in Fun, the band with Nate Roos. He is the front man of Bleachers. He dated Lena Dunham. And in my opinion, him dating Lena Dunham is kind of what put him on the map. <laughs> I don't know if that's a outlandish thing to say, but I do feel like Jack Antonoff became kind of known in the collective zeitgeist when he was dating Lena Dunham. And that relationship took place from like 2012, 2013 um, until they broke up in 2018, 2018. And then obviously after that, he was on my radar because he was producing for Taylor and Lord. And so that's kind of the extent of the Jack Antonoff info that I had in my brain. But there was always there. What we were discussing the other day is that there's something very strange about the relationship he had with Lord. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly there is nothing like they were never public. They never dated for real, but there is some pretty airtight evidence that there was some kind of tryst going on some kind of affair emotional affair physical affair I don't know but I'm looking to explore the timeline here thank god somebody made a power a powerpoint like slideshow about this about lord and jack antonoff and their timeline and so we're gonna go through that timeline together first of all jack and lord have a 13 year age difference I believe when they started working together yes she was 21 and he was 34 so that's an age gap that I'm not I'm not loving I'm not loving that I'm not feeling great about that obviously um oh he's from New Jersey okay I didn't know that this this powerpoint is hilarious I don't know who made this but I love them um they have one of his like facts is a bullet point that just says fuck boy from Jersey. <laughs> and then she said, why are famous people from New Jersey so angry and sad? Can't think of any exceptions. See also Zach Braff, all of my chemical romance. Uh, 
Apparently, Jack Antonoff dated Scarlett Johansson. I didn't know that. Here, when did they date? Jack Antonoff, Scarlett. You can kind of pull. Well, Lena Dunham, I mean, that's not pulling necessarily. Oh, Scarlett Johansson and Jack Antonoff dated in high school. They began dating around 2001 and attended prom together. Why didn't I know this? When did they go to high school together? Um, Scarlett Johansson is one of the most famous actors of today. Kicking down villains, blah, blah, blah. I know that. I know what she does. Wait, go back. It. Okay. The pair began dating in 2001, even attended prom together. As originally reported by The Post, Antonoff was obsessed with Johansson while at school before the actress broke his heart. According to a friend of his, she got swept up in the Hollywood scene after graduation. Joined by his then-band Steel Train, Antonoff went on to write the song Better Love about the ill-fated relationship. Okay, I don't know that song. I don't know, I don't know the band Steel Train. I don't know if this is true because this is coming from thelist.com. And I'm, I'm sure that's not, you know, a great source. The most recent point in time when Jack Antonoff was on my radar was when he got married to Margaret Qualley, Margaret Qualley. I don't know how to say her name, actually. Um, in maybe June, maybe perhaps May or June, that wedding happened. And I know that because Taylor Swift was at the wedding. And it was in, like, Rhode Island or some kind of New England town. Do you do you like how I fact check this podcast, which is not at all? Do you like how I don't know anything for real? Um, allegedly, Rhode Island, some New England town was where the wedding was taking place. And people caught wind that Taylor was there and they like lined up on this like residential street, like creating like a mob. <laughs> not great. Not a great look. Not a great look. You guys leave people alone, leave people alone. Um, but I remember seeing these pictures from the wedding of like the rehearsal dinner or something or some sort of like pre-wedding festivity. It was Taylor Swift and then Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz were also there, which, Hey, why are we not talking about Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum as the it couple? Like, that is a hot couple, okay? And why are they not getting the attention and the fanfare that they deserve as maybe the hottest straight couple in Hollywood right now? I don't know. Maybe that's a... Maybe I don't... Maybe I'm not seeing another couple. But no one's doing it like they are. No one's doing it like them. But there's this picture that I love of Taylor Swift and Zoe Kravitz kind of holding hands like being all cute and like you know bestie vibes <laughs> you know like best of like best of friends vibes holding hands with each other and then Channing Tatum is just kind of standing behind them walking behind them by himself it's iconic that's a thruple I can get behind do we think that they've had a threesome oh I, here's the thing I'm one thing about this podcast is I am going to speculate about sexuality and I'm going to speculate about the fact that maybe Taylor Swift Zoe Kravitz and Channing Tatum have fucked allegedly i don't know i don't know but all i'm saying is that taylor swift and zoe kravitz literally quarantined together during the early stages of covid so all i'm saying is that it's not out of the question anyway jack and margaret qualey got married in june what i also didn't know until i i was looking at margaret qualey last night was that she's a nepo baby did you know that andy mcdowell is Margaret Qualley's mother I had no fucking clue Andy McDowell she has been in she's iconic she's iconic her hair is iconic 
She's been in definitely something that I watched recently, which I don't think was a big blockbuster. I think I watched her recently in like a Lifetime movie, perhaps, which shocker. Olivia watching a Lifetime movie. Shocker. She's beautiful. She was a Calvin Klein model. She's been a L'Oreal spokesperson since 1986. She's 65. She looks so good. Now I'm just on a Andy McDowell um, kind of rabbit hole. Let me see what else I can find out about her. Yeah, her beautiful gray hair. I love that. I love like a woman who rocks a natural gray. Like I'm presently at the present moment 25 years old with absolutely graying hair. I have so many silver strands in my hair and I am simply looking forward to one day being fully gray I just think that's going to be a massive sleigh do you guys know Claire Saffitz she used to be on the Bon Appetit test kitchen I think she's maybe still is with like the New York Times or something she's a chef like a pastry chef specifically I used to watch Bon Appetit test kitchen all the time when I worked at the food bank because it was my comfort YouTube show before it got bad before it got canceled um I just loved it and Claire Saffitz, I loved her videos and I loved the fact that she had this streak of gray hair like right at the front of her hairline. It was so, it was such a sleigh. Claire Saffitz, friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't listen to this podcast. If, some, if Claire Saffitz got sent this podcast and listened to it, I wouldn't be mad. Claire, I love you. Oh my God, Andy McDowell is in monte carlo you guys remember monte carlo with selena gomez and leighton meester i love that i watched that movie maybe earlier this year and i did i love that movie it holds up i still love that movie just like a good laid back watch if you're in if you need something light fun romantic definitely recommend it has cory it has cory monteith in it it has cory monteith like when i think that was maybe one of his last projects before he died he died in 2013, so I guess that would be, that movie came out in 2011, so maybe not one of his last projects before he died, but regardless, he's in that, he's good in that, I love that movie. This is a Monte Carlo Stan podcast. Margaret Qualley is 29 years old, Jack Hansenoff is 39 years old. 10 year age gap, I'm not, I'm not like mad about that age gap. Is that controversial? 10 years when you're 20, when you're 30 and 40 respectively, kind of not kind of not you know concerning to me it, it lord being 21 and him being 34 that's a different story that's a different story i've i'm gonna have to side eye that one a bit okay let's go through this timeline that is beautifully laid out in this powerpoint i'll link it on instagram so if you're so inclined you can read it or flip through it Okay, this is the timeline, allegedly, allegedly the timeline that is just gossip, but I love gossip, so we're going to go through it. Early 2014, early 2015, Lord and Jack Antonoff meet at a Grammy after party, either through Taylor Swift or at a Grimes show through Lena. So they meet, either they met for the first time at a Grammy after party or at a Grimes show. Okay, that, that makes sense. Early to mid-2015, um, Lord and her boyfriend of three years, James Lowe, break up. Another weird age gap with that relationship. I remember that she was like 
16 when they started dating and he was 24 i think it was either i think it was 16 and 24 because she was very much under 18 when that happened so interesting lord has a thing for the older men the cradle robbers july 2015 lord begins writing and recording melodrama with jack antonoff and she's recording this at his apartment that he shared with lena dunham at the time and she's recording at occasional studio sessions okay december 2015 lord begins posting photos with jack on social media recording at electric lady studios Ooh, electric lady i want to i want to go to electric lady studios i want to know what goes down in there i want to know what's in the air because that one time that claro recorded bags live at electric lady studios is the best fucking version of that song that exists magic happens in electric lady studios okay and i i want to go if anyone has an into electric lady studios i want to come i want to go get me in okay we're in spring 20 so december 2015 is when lord begins posting photos with jack on social media spring 2016 so a few months later it says lord basically moves in with jack and lena to record at all times and i've I was aware of that because I think Lena Dunham at one point said that like she really liked watching Lord in her creative process and she would like bring her snacks while she was recording. So whatever. Okay. Do we think those three had those three had a threesome? Do we think that Lord, Lena and Jack had a threesome? I don't know. Could be fun to could be fun to speculate about, but I don't know. I don't have enough hard evidence of that one. I love I don't have hard evidence of anything, but specifically not that spring or a large part of 2016 lena is gone campaigning for hillary clinton okay (laughs) kind of not part of kind of irrelevant april 2016 lord and jack go to coachella together lord is inspired to write sober and sober too this is also when lord has an epiphany about what melodrama is quote supposed to be and the concept of it as centered around one house party Okay, so yeah, so like Supercut, Sober, Greenlight, like yeah, I can see that. I like, I've never listened to it from the point of view of it being centered around one specific house party, but I do kind of like that and I might, I love melodrama. For the record, hey, for the record, melodrama is one of my favorite albums of all time. I would put it in my top five. It's my top five. I don't know where, but it is in my top five albums of all time. I love melodrama. I love putting on melodrama as like a top to bottom listen. That's the other thing. I love an album. The way I prefer to listen to music is listening to an entire album from top to bottom. But I don't like to do that with every album because not every album is meant to be listened to that way. That's why that's why I that's why I got so into Taylor Swift because her albums like are so cohesive from top to bottom like if you listen to it from track one to the last track like it it's just like sonically like really cohesive and I like that and I like that about melodrama too the more I've listened to Lord's solar power as well the more I realized that that is also an amazing top to bottom listen I had to sit on solar power for a while. I wasn't sold right when it came out. Like I liked it, but it wasn't one that I went back to listen to a lot. This year though, I, I'd i be surprised if solar power isn't in my Spotify wrapped because I went back to that a lot. Like if you aren't into solar power, get into that one. Helen of Troy, one of my favorite tracks on that album. Man with the Axe, uh, great song, amazing song. 
Stoned at the Nail Salon, a classic. What's the other one that I really like from that album? Um, Helen of Troy. I already said that one. That's like my favorite. Helen of Troy. She really, she really did something with that. Let's go back to the timeline. Let's go back to the timeline. It says in summer 2016, Drake releases summer 16 in honor of Jack and Lord getting their freak on all summer. <gasps> I didn't know that. That is definitely some projecting from the author of this PowerPoint, but I need to know the dirt behind this. Summer 16, Jack, Lord, let's see what we got. Okay, so the only thing that is being cited as a source for the fact that Summer 16 is about Jack and Lord is the PowerPoint itself. So the call is coming from inside the house and I don't think that is, I think that maybe is just like some projection happening in the timeline. Anyway, I do love it. I love to speculate and I love shit like that. So hey, if if we want to believe that Jake Drake released Summer 16 in honor of Jack and Lord fucking all summer, that's fine with me. Late August of 2016, Lord comments on Instagram that she's completed writing on the new album and is now in production. November 2016, Lord announces on her Facebook that for her birthday, she's giving the fans new music. Okay, so that would be melodrama. November 2016, or no, just kidding. March of 2017, March 11th specifically, Lord performs Greenlight and Liability for the first time in public as the musical guest on Saturday Night Live, wearing a wedding dress with Jack accompanying on piano. Yes, this is true. There, she is in a wedding dress, veil, whole nine yards, sitting back to back with Jack as he's on the piano, like leaning against each other. There is some, there is some chemistry there, I will say. June 2017 few months after the SNL performance melodrama is released my life forever changed thank you lord thank you our lord and savior lord for releasing that album it changed my life I love it so much December 2017 Lena and Jack publicly split January of 2018 Jack is publicly dating someone else and that person is a musician who was that who did Jack Antonoff date in after lena dunham maybe that'll give me the answer that i'm looking for okay following a split from lena dunham jack moved on with model carol carlota cole they seemed like they only dated for a short amount of time it seems that they went to the 2020 grammy awards together carlota cole let me see her oh she's pretty okay oh she's currently 27 so yeah, we have Jack Antonoff is like really into the younger ladies, which like 27 and 30, when they dated, she would have been like 24. Yeah, that is, dude, like 20, 22, 23, 24, like you're kind of, I say this as someone who's 25, right? I feel like this year is the first year that I've been sure of myself i feel like my i do feel like my frontal lobe just hardened the fuck up when i turned 25 in january i just feel i feel kind of for the first time like an adult and so i do kind of feel comfortable saying that when you're like 21 22 23 you shouldn't be dating men in their 30s that does seem inherent that is inherently predatory right that's like if you're 20 
why, why as a man in your 30s would you want to be with a girl who's 22? Do you know? Do you know what that does to a person? Do you know what being 22, 23, 24 does to a girl? Okay? It's tough. It's tough times. It's tough stuff. So I'm, I'm side-eyeing that age difference with Miss Carlotta Cole and Mr. Antonoff. Where were we on the timeline? February 2018. Lord and Jack are photographed getting cuddly visiting Lord's cool mom. I've never seen those pictures, but I'm just going to believe they exist. April 2018. They basically fuck on a piano during Lord's show at Barclays. I watched this video. I'm pulling it up again right now because I need to see it again. She's at Barclays Center in New York. This is April 4th, 2018. And she brings Jack out to sing Hard Feelings and Liability with her. He's accompanying on the guitar. And this video absolutely, absolutely looks like they are making love to each other with their eyes. It is intense. There are intense stares and glances and she's leaning into him. They're leaning into each other like their noses are practically touching. They're sitting cross-legged on this stage together like just leaning in all close this is kind of explicit this is kind of like pornography that I'm watching when you think about it like yes they're fully clothed but this is so this is some intense emotional stuff going on here they yeah this video google Lord Jack Antonoff Barclays New York it will be the first one that comes up see for yourself see for yourself they are looking extremely cozy these are two people who IMO have had an intense emotional relationship or they're fucking there's just no way there's no way that you look at someone like this and you don't have some kind of relationship to them so yeah watch that video watch that video Okay, so yes, Jack and Lena Dunham were together from 2012 to 2018. They first got together in 2012, which was the same year that Girls aired its first season on HBO. Okay, that makes sense. During their five-year relationship, the couple shared a home and multiple pets. When they broke up, Antonoff ended up keeping their Brooklyn home, and Lena kept their two dogs. Does that feel like an even trade? Does that feel like an even trade to people? An even deal? One person gets the whole ass house in Brooklyn? And the other person gets their dogs? I don't know. I don't know. Of course, I was also reading blind items about Jack Antonoff. I was trying to go, I was going through crazy days and nights trying to find revealed blind items about Jack. And so I'm going to take us through a few of those. There weren't very many. There weren't very many Jack blinds on crazy days and nights. But there's a few of them. There's a few of them. The first one that I found that was a little juicy, was from December 16th, 2017. The boyfriend of this now out-of-work, A-list, mostly television actress, writer, and creator was hooking up with a foreign-born A-minus, B-plus list singer over the weekend. So that is obviously Jack Antonoff. Lena Dunham is the out-of-work, A-list, mostly television actress, writer, and creator. And the foreign-born singer is Lord. So that is Jack Antonoff hooking up with Lord. Well, him and Lena were timeline wise still together if we're to believe that 
2018, June 9th, 2018, the blind item reads, apparently this former A-list, this former A-list, mostly television actress and writer from a now defunct pay cable show, wrote a three-part episode for her new show, which was basically just getting back at her boyfriend for cheating on her with the one named foreign singer. She was convinced to turn in something different as an episode. Okay, so the show is apparently girls camping. Wait, girls, wait, camping. Lena Dunham. Oh, okay, so camping is a, there's a one season of this show that is a comedy created by Lena Dunham. I didn't know this show existed. It stars Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner's in this. Jennifer Garner's in this show. Miss Honest Co. herself. <laughs> she does the honest. She does the honest co, right? The honest company. I think that's Jennifer Garner. Oh my god, that's Jessica Alba. <gasps> Why do I get Jessica Alba and Jennifer Garner confused all the time? They have a similar essence about them. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, so this back to the blind item. Lena Dunham wrote a three-part episode for her new show, which would be Camping. That was basically just her getting back at Jack for cheating on her with Lord. But that script ended up getting scrapped and she turned in something different for an episode. Okay, whatever. Skipping all the way to 2022, June of 2022, um, this taste in men, or let me start over. I'm sorry, I wasn't reading. Sorry, I forget how to read sometimes. As mentioned earlier in the show, I don't read. I don't know how. The, The taste in men has not gotten any better for this actress, who is an offspring of someone higher on the list. She got out quickly in her last relationship and needs to do so with this one before making that lifelong commitment. She should talk to the writer and actress. Interesting. So the actress who is an offspring of someone higher on the list is Margaret Qualley, uh, her mother being Andy McDowell. Margaret got out quickly in her last relationship and needs to do so with this one, the one with Jack, assumedly, before making that lifelong commitment. She should talk to Lena. <gasps> okay. So that's juicy because they did get married. They did get married. And oh, that's T. Why is that T? Now I'm now I need to get into Margaret Quali Jack Antonoff. I know there's gotta be some juice on here. Let me type in, let me put Reddit on the end of my Google search so I actually get some good shit. Oh, they were in New Jersey. The wedding was not in Rhode Island. It was in New Jersey. Of course it is because he's a fuckboy from New Jersey. I cannot find... I cannot find anything about Margaret and Jack. But I know there's stuff... I know there's gotta be tea there. Okay, I found another blind from twenty November of 2018. It reads, almost a year ago... This is from Crazy Days and Nights, by the way, from NT. Almost a year ago, I told you about the foreign-born one-named singer who roamed around the A-list for a bit, hooking up with the then-attached music producer. She denied it and said it just wasn't true. Well, if it wasn't true, then why does the former A-list writer-actress still hate the one-named singer? Yeah, thought so. So that's Lord denying hooking up with Jack Antonoff when he was with Lena. And allegedly lena still hates lord 
that makes sense. If I would listen, I hate to I hate to defend Lena Dunham. I would also be pissed if my boyfriend of five years was hooking up with a twenty-one year old. With a twenty-one year old We know, we know that Lord and Jack were hooking up. Okay? I think that as a podcast we can stand on our two feet and say with almost certainty that there was something going on with Jack and Lord. Okay, this is, okay, you guys, Dumois, uh, Dumois, I don't trust. I don't trust anything Dumois puts out because I have been hearing for like a couple years at this point that they are like pay-to-play blind items. Like you can pay, you, you can pay Dumois to kind of say whatever you want. I do believe that Dumois is on the payroll of a few celebrities. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because I feel like Dumois would send out a cease and desist. Allegedly. All of this is alleged. Even though I would, I'm not going to lie, I would kind of eat up getting a cease and desist. If I got a cease and desist, I would kind of eat that up. I would exploit the fuck out of that. And I would get you know, hopefully a lot of TikTok followers out of that. So, hey, if someone wants to send me a cease and desist, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I'm going to use that to my advantage, okay? So, all that said, this is from the FOMWA subreddit two years ago. And it's a submission, an anonymous submission to Demois. The subject is Oscar weekend interaction. So this is so this is putting us at the Oscars in 2021, if I'm doing my math correctly. The message reads, I witnessed a really strange interaction at Hotel Bel Air during Oscar weekend. FKA Twigs entered the hotel and passed by Jack Antonoff and Margaret Qualley without acknowledging them. I guess they didn't like that very much because they started following Twigs around the hotel and speaking very loudly at her to get her attention to the point where security had to get involved. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it has something to do with the Shia situation. Okay, so... uh, What does that mean? Jack and FKA Twigs have worked together in the past, and they still follow each other on Instagram. I imagine if things had deteriorated to the point where security had to get involved, one or both of them would have unfollowed. I don't know. I feel like you can't... I feel like you can't really go off of people who follow or unfollow people on social media... Because I feel like none of these people, like, actually truly run their own social media. Like, so much of that is optics. So I wouldn't be surprised even if there was some Jack FKA Twigs beef going on. I can see why they would still be following each other on Instagram. Because, I mean, remember when everyone, remember when Taylor and Joe broke up? And then all of Taylor Swift's friends immediately unfollowed Joe Alwyn on Instagram? That, to me, was telling. That to me was very telling because, hey, they never unfollowed Carly Kloss. I'm just going to say that. All of the people in Taylor's inner circle never unfollowed Carly Kloss. But they literally, the day the news broke about the Joe Alwyn breakup, they all unfollowed his sorry ass. (laughs) Joe Alwyn was at the GQ Man of the Year Awards, by the way. This is coming full circle. He was there and uh, I hate to say it, he was looking good. Because I feel like he usually, he always, when he was with Taylor Swift, looked so sad. And he had these, like, dark circles under his eyes. And he just looked tired. 
and he looked like bright eyed, bushy tailed at the GQ Men of the Year Awards. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm cracking up at this Vanity Fair like feature. <laughs> it reads Joe Owen has emerged. He is a man. It is currently a year. So he went to British GQ's Men of the Year Awards. <laughs> it's kind of, why'd they cook him like that? Why do they have to cook him like that? Because yeah, they're right. He is a man. It is currently a year. That's basically his only qualifications to be invited to this because what has he done what has joe alwyn done this year other than get dumped by taylor swift or other way around i actually i don't know this is old news but i do kind of feel like uh he dumped her i do kind of get that vibe i do kind of get that feeling everything about it like specifically okay last weekend when taylor swift changed the lyrics in karma to say karma is the guy on the chiefs coming straight home to me. I saw that and I said, oh, that is like a direct dig at Joe Alwyn. Like that is, she knew he was going to see that and she knew that it was going to hurt. So I do feel like he did. I, I do feel like maybe just based on that alone, he did her dirty. He did our girl dirty because everything about the Travis situation, which I'm not going to talk about because I have so much, you guys, I could sit here and talk about the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift PR circus for 12 hours if I really got into it. And I simply, I actually can't do that today. Like I'm simply not in the headspace to do that today. But everything about it is either giving, it's either giving PR, right? It's also giving just me because I'm petty and I love I, I love to hit people where it hurts a little bit, especially if they wrong if if they broke up with me, you know, hypothetically. I too would make the biggest fucking deal about running up to my new boyfriend after my show and kissing him on the lips, making a big old fucking spectacle out of it in order to hit my ex-boyfriend where it hurts. Right? Like I can see myself doing that. And so I really relate to Taylor, like with the fact like Travis, we're making this a big fucking deal. I am running up to you after my show. I am positioning you perfectly so the cameras can see. I am running up to you in my little midnight's outfit and I am planting one on your lips. Because guess what? Joe Alwyn's going to see that. And he probably did. And and he probably did. He probably did see that. Did he care? No. I don't think so. But I think that if that wasn't in Taylor's mind during that whole spectacle last weekend in Argentina, I'll eat my words, okay? I'll eat my words, but I do think that is something that uh, a girl would do to get back at a boy who wronged her, okay? I'll say it. If anything, I think that, okay, here, I'm gonna, we're gonna do some wild speculation, okay? And you're just gonna have to like hang tight here for a second. Joe always was too private about that relationship. Like he, like to the point where he was getting irritated in interviews when people would ask about his relationship with Taylor Swift, like not even prying, just kind of like asking him about her. He would get like actually like visibly irritated when asked questions about her. And sorry, you can't date Taylor Swift and then get mad when people ask you about Taylor Swift. You can't date the biggest pop star on the planet 
and not expect people to ask about it in interviews. You are simply not as famous as her. You are simply never going to be as famous as her. I'm so sorry. I know that Joe Alwyn has big dreams of being Hollywood's leading man, but I think I think that ship has sailed. I think that he's not on it. I don't think he's on the, sh- the leading man ship, right? How long has he even been in the game? Joe Alwyn is not up and coming. Joe Alwyn has been in the acting game forever. Year, Joe Alwyn years active. Let's see. Not forever, but... Okay, so he's been active since 2015. And then he started dating Taylor Swift in 2016. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, there was some... I could... I can just feel... I can just feel that Taylor, Joe Alwyn was always a little bit bitter. That Taylor Swift was always going to be more famous than him. And if he dated her, he was always going to be attached to her as her boyfriend. I think that... First of all, oh, hey, can I go on the record as saying something real quick? I think that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn were real. I think that they were in a real relationship. I don't think that was like bearding or fake or anything. And I think that she needed a relationship like the one she had with Joe during the 2016 going into hiding pre-reputation era. I think she needed someone who was really private, who was going to love her privately and so I, I actually do like truly believe that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn were together. And so I do think that like all that to say is that I think that there's like some feelings there, right? Like I don't think it was just a, a relationship that was fake for the for the publicity because there wasn't any publicity. It was a fucking secret. All of it was a fucking secret. And so if I'm projecting, if I'm inferring, if I'm reading into context clues, et cetera, et cetera, I'm thinking that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn kind of ended because of the fact that he couldn't handle her being famous post-COVID on tour in the public eye. He, that wasn't for him. So they broke up. Taylor Swift, rightfully so, bitter about this. Now with Travis, he hams it up, dude. He is hamming it up. He loves the attention. He loves to be in the public eye. And I think Taylor Swift is like, fuck yeah, because my ex-boyfriend never wanted to do any of this shit. He never wanted to kiss me in public, never wanted to hold my hand in public, never wanted to talk about me in his own interviews. So yeah, if I were her, I would also be making a big fucking deal out of the fact that a guy now publicly wants me. Because Joe never did! Joe Owen was like, Joe Owen, there was just something that rubbed me the wrong way about how much Joe Owen was like put off by when people wanted to bring up his relationship with Taylor Swift. Like, dude, like, sorry, if you pulled Taylor Swift, why aren't you like taking every possible chance to talk about her? Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, if I was dating you, I would talk about you all the time. I just want to say that. I just want to say that I would never treat you like Joe did. I would let you be jeweled. (laughs) How did we get to this point? How did I get back to talking about Taylor Swift? Is this cannot turn into another accidental Taylor Swift commentary hour. We have to get back on track. We were talking about... Jack Antonoff. We were talking about his relationship with Lord. We were, t- we were talking about the Man of the Year awards. That's how I got onto Joe Alwyn. Joe Alwyn, back off. You're done. The Joe Alwyn corner of this podcast is over. Over. Where did I leave off with the Jack Antonoff Lord situation? Kind of nowhere, right? Like that was just kind. There's no conclusions for me to draw here. Sadly, we've made it an hour and ten minutes into this recording. Yeah, and there's no conclusions to draw. Simply that it seems as though Jack Antonoff and Lord dated or had some kind of 
illicit affair, if you will. It's interesting that Taylor and Lord don't talk, like don't really talk. They used to be on, on good terms, at least on social media. When 1989 got released, Lord tweeted at Taylor, congratulating her on the album release. Now, that is not a duo that you ever really see together. I'm kind of, after my diligent research for this episode, I've come to the conclusion that I don't really like Jack Antonoff. I think that if I had to hang out with him in person, it's a good thing I never will, because I think if I had to, I think I would not like him. I think I would, I think his rancid vibes would like really off put me. Taylor Swift is besties with him. Love that for her. Go off queen. Taylor Swift is also still publicly on good terms with Lena Dunham. So I'm confused about how that works. Like there's some, like, I'm going back now. I know this is, there is no storyline to this episode. There's really, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm all over the place. But hey, that's the point of the podcast. It is my podcast. I do what I want. I'm back to the PowerPoint. I'm back to the Lord and Jack Antonoff PowerPoint. And I'm now reading this little blurb from an article it seems I don't I don't know the source, but it's it seems like it's from February of 2018. There was talk that the collaborators, Jack and Lord, were secretly together even before Antonoff's breakup with Dunham was official. When Lord admitted to Billboard that they FaceTime every day and are quote obsessed with each other end quote, it certainly didn't help their case for a purely platonic relationship. More recently, the duo was spotted embracing in Lord's hometown of Auckland, New Zealand. Before their streetside cuddle, a source said that the two looked very cozy at Clive Davis Grammy party in New York, and it was obvious that they were dating. And there is a photo of Jack and Lord hugging. Looks so playful, so flirty. There is no way that these people are not sucking face off camera. January 17th, 2018, a, a tweet from Jack. Normally, I would never address rumors, but I resent having the most important friendships and working relationships in my life reduced to dumb heteronormative gossip. (laughs) Dumb heteronormative gossip. That's me. That's my brand. Those relationships are deeply important and sacred. With that said, I'm not seeing anyone. LOL. So that is like a direct call to the Lord situation, obviously. And then there's a another piece of evidence here that is a Instagram post from Lord. I'm assuming this also is from 2018, like around the time that this tweet in the article came out, early 2018. She says, happy birthday to one of the best. So happy to know you and annoy you daily and so thankful to be in a long creative conversation with you about what it means to be alive. Ours is a relationship that will be special and vital for a long time, I'm thinking. So many memories all over the world in studios and restaurants and at concerts, laughing, crying, drinking all of the juices and occasionally disgusting you by walking barefoot through Brooklyn. Ew, ew, barefoot through Brooklyn, are you kidding me? You make a killer soft boiled egg and you're so fucking patient and I love all of your weird outfit, haircut, beard phases. I have some very grim photos, but only posted the cute ones, except for this face swap, which is literally the worst thing I've ever seen. You're the top and so proud that today you've released the first song from an excellent album. Jack Antonoff plus J-A plus E-Y-O forever and always. E-Y-O. Ella, whatever Lord's real name is. Okay, that caption 
I've ne- I've never even written a caption like this for my boyfriend, who I love dearly, mostly because I don't do the I don't do the pro- proclamations of love thing on Instagram. Um, not saying that people who do that are bad. I just that's not really my style. That's not really our relationship style. Not to not to pull a Joe Alwyn, <laughs> okay? But Ty is not posted on the grid that often on my Instagram just because I usually I mostly use it for business stuff Lord wrote this about someone who's allegedly her platonic friend okay talking about how he makes a killer soft boiled egg that's some that's like intimate knowing how someone cooks an egg that's more intimate than having sex with them in my in my humble o in my humble opinion yeah that's crazy that I've never read that Instagram caption. That is pretty incriminating. Pretty incriminating. The rest of this PowerPoint is just kind of going through Lord's lyrics from melodrama, kind of pointing them to what they could be referencing in terms of her relationship with Jack. Uh, That doesn't really thrill me. Mostly because I love melodrama so much and I can't have it ruined for me. I can't have Jack Antonoff ruin that one for me. He, Him and Lord already made perfection with that album. I don't need to know anything that might taint that for me. I don't need to know that. But I love the fact that the person who made this PowerPoint keeps referencing the dumb heteronormative gossip line that he tweeted that's funny maybe that's what i'll title this episode dumb heteronormative gossip (laughs) that is that is what's happening here that is what's going on on this podcast so yeah i guess oh my god there is a web like a relationship map with lord in the center mapping her to all sorts of other people she's is acquainted with hillary clinton is on here taylor swift kanye west james lowe pineapple juice there's a lot happening here i will i hope i remember to post everything that i promised i would post on instagram in this episode but i'm i'm gonna in theory post this on instagram too because it is a little crazy it's a little crazy love in conclusion i feel comfortable saying that Jack Antonoff and Lord had some kind of relationship going on. I feel comfortable also saying that Jack maybe took advantage of her. I don't know. The fact that he was a 34-year-old man who was her collaborator working on this album with her. She was 21, obviously having like big, intense feelings. At the time, she said she was obsessed with him. She said she loved him. Like, I... If I'm going to just interpolate this, I'm kind of getting the vibe that Lord had kind of some unrequited crush on him, I guess. Like, because when you're 21, if you're working on a, on an album with like a cool guy who you admire, like I can see some complicated feelings developing what I don't think happened is I don't think Jack shut those feelings down. I do think that there was maybe some leading on. There was maybe some 
breadcrumbing happening from him to her. So do I maybe feel like the feelings were stronger on Lord's side? Yeah. Yeah, because if I'm putting myself in her shoes and I'm 21 years old, I'm still writing the tales of a my first album that did really well. I'm working on my new album in the apartment. I am essentially living in the apartment of my collaborator and my producer. I can see some complicated feelings developing. I can. And I am thinking that because she was 13 years younger than him, if Jack Antonoff was a solid guy, he would have shut that down. I don't know. All I know is that I don't trust a man in music. I don't trust a man. Unless it's Hosier, I would trust him with my life. I would let him perform surgery on me. I I would let him drive me somewhere with his eyes closed. <laughs> I he would he could do whatever he wanted. I'd be like, okay, Hosier, the only man in music that I trust. Putting that on the record. Anyone else? Jack Antonoff? Fuck you. I there's something shady going on there. And I feel comfortable saying that because hey, men in music, kind of being shady. <laughs> being shady and yucky is kind of their thing it's kind of their thing remember if you are not following at obscura pod on instagram go do that go follow the podcast on instagram we're having fun i am going to be uploading source material for the episode on instagram so you have visual aids i'm also on tiktok you could follow my personal TikTok, which is Olivia Stober Studios. I, I, that was initially like my artwork account, but I post my art stuff on there. I also just post random bullshit on there, which is my specialty. That account, that's my bigger account. You want to follow that one? There is also ObscuraPod on TikTok that I haven't really decided what I'm doing with that account yet, but I wanted to snag the handle. I have a few videos posted, nothing special. But if you want to go ahead and follow us on social media, go for it. Would love to have you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and give it a rating on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you're listening. I appreciate any sort of rating that you write or just giving it five stars is awesome. If you didn't like it enough to give it five stars, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and and urge you to avoid rating it lower than five stars. I'm going to go ahead and gently guide you away from rating me anything lower than perfect amazing. Okay? Capiche? Capiche? Capache? Copa? Copacetic? Let me know what you thought. Let me If you have any thoughts, let me know them. If you have no thoughts, I'm loving that for you. Keep not thinking. That is so aspirational. I wish I could not think. Well, that's why I smoke weed. Thank you for listening. Oh, before I go, before I go, I needed to let everyone know that we past 100 downloads we passed 100 downloads we're not even two weeks into the first episode being out and let me check the exact numbers okay because you are on this journey just as much as i am and you deserve to know the analytics we are at 133 all-time downloads and there's only three episodes out so i'm feeling very grateful very thankful very warm and fuzzy about that Anyone who wants to take actual literal time out of their day to listen to me talk, I actually like don't have the words for it. I don't have the words for how much that means to me. So yeah. So yeah, when we get to a thousand downloads, maybe we'll do something special. (gasps) 
what should we do? When I get to a thousand downloads on this podcast, I will, should I make t-shirts? I'll make t-shirts and I'll, I'll do like an Instagram giveaway maybe. What should the t-shirts say? Should we do t-shirts, stickers, something? Something like, I guess t-shirts, that would be a lot. That would be a lot of money to produce. Stickers would be easier. What should the stickers say? I don't know. Maybe by the time we get to a thousand downloads, we'll have some kind of like phrase or like catchphrase or something that would that would work on a merchandise. Anyway, anywho, any hoosies, I'm actually signing off for real this time. I hope you're having an amazing Monday. I hope you have a great rest of your week. If you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to this to any other day of the week, I genuinely am hoping you're having a wonderful day as well. And I'll see you next time. Okay. Bye.